everybody in today's video we're going to break down our last two games two losses not good we'll break those down and we'll also discuss the upcoming match at the weekend at home against Portland Timbers 2 at the very end of this video you will see us talk a little bit about the Women's World Cup and some other competitions that have been going on around the world do that right after this What's up everybody? Old Glory Red Report, a supporters channel by the supporters for the supporters. The usual suspects are back here at Fort Rock Brewing, the place where we usually do all these videos. Casey J to my right, Jonathan Glatz to my left, Mark Anthony here. Man, well, what can you say? We didn't have a video last week, so we will talk about the Reno game that happened. Uh, and also the game versus Fresno. So Reno, we lose 2-0 on the road. Casey, myself, had the opportunity to go to Reno, had a little fun. Good times. Maybe good a little times. too much fun, but we still... <laughs> we had a lot of fun. We could have had more fun if the team had won. That would have been better. They lost. First takeaways from the game. You know, I, I think we talked about it. They played us on the smaller pitch, but I don't think our team performed poorly. It's just not creating chance or not taking chances created. I mean, I lost against the penalty. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. E uh, too easily saved. Uh, other chances, we had plenty of shots on goal, and you know those chances just went lacking. John, what was your uh, impression of that game? I mean, it's it's you know we we started getting excited a little bit the past couple games, but to me, it's the story of our season. Uh, Ups and downs, huh? We could have performed, but we didn't. And, and I know we talked about that you know, during the first part of the season a lot. We didn't perform good enough. We could have taken chances that we didn't. We have you know, key mistakes. I mean, it's, it's the same song and dance that, that we've been seeing on, on our the first part of the season. Yeah. yeah, the away support was fantastic inside that crappy stadium. There was uh, a lot of TBB there, a lot of support. You know, they put the TBB in pretty much the furthest spot in the entire stadium that they could. Right behind the catcher's bench. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, the fan support was great. I thought personally, we won't say this very often, I thought Iwasa had the worst game of probably his Sacramento career. I mean, he missed a sitter and he missed a, he missed a penalty. He just doesn't usually miss yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, maybe one good chance every once in a while, but we saw some uncharacteristic mistakes from Owasa, not just him. We had more shots. I thought we controlled the game, but you have to give Reno credit. Their two goals were really nice. They put them away. Yeah, and you talked about it. We had 14 shots, three on target. The consistency, like we go from scoring three goals in the last couple games and having great performances to going right back to missing. It's the inconsistency that I think we saw in this game. It's the back line being strong one game and then weak and letting in some, that first uh, goal um, from Reno, I mean, Villarreal touches that. It pops right over his foot right into Reno's path. So yeah. it's great defending, poor defending. It's just inconsistency for me at this point. Absolutely. Villarreal, he, it looks like the ball skips underneath his foot. Maybe it's the pitch. We don't really know. But, yeah, it's certainly one of those where, man, he doesn't usually make that kind of mistake. You know, John, going into the game, we had talked about the lineup before, maybe seeing a Wasa play up top instead of Bonomo. We got that wish, but it didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, it, 
going back to inconsistency, I mean, that's what it was. And I, Bijev didn't start that game, did he? Because normally it's the partnership between Bijev and Awasa. Bijev started, okay. but he was, I think for me, playing, we talked about going into that game on our preview, like that pitch being so narrow, I think is a really bad fit for a guy like Bijev who really likes to have that space, you know? He's not the fastest guy, so I think he does need a little bit more room, I guess, on the wing where he can use that space on the outside to bring a defender there to cut back in. But, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we outshoot them 2-1 to one in the game. We're still, I mean, and, and I'd still say, yeah, keep Cam there. I mean, we, even though we got the loss, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's still the one who's helping us create the chances, drawing the defenders. I mean, yeah, he had some sitters that he missed. Hmm. But, I mean, he had them. They, they were there. Yeah. And and so that's, I mean, even though he missed them, the fact that sitters are there, the fact that he's creating those opportunities, that's, yeah. that's what you want to see yeah. in a loss. Right after the break, you know, we're down 1-0 going into the half. We get a penalty, and Awasa, we talked about it. Um, maybe his penalty style would catch up to him. It did. He tried to just pass that ball real softly to the left of the goalkeeper to his right. He's done that one too many times. We, we talked about it too. Like, we hope he doesn't do that one too many times. That right there for me was the backbreaker because you score that goal in the 46th minute. It's 1-1. You just come out of the tunnel. You're ready. You score. It's a new game. You have the momentum. Not too long after that, Tainer had a header, a beautiful header that was saved. Amazing save by Marcinkowski, the keeper for Reno. And that was really the tale. We just didn't take ours. They took theirs. And, and that was that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's put us behind the gun here. I mean, Reno has had some good form recently, so we knew it was going to be a tough game going into here. Um, but they just kind of saw us through pretty easily. I don't think, except for the couple shots we had that were missed chances, like you talked about from my loss and stuff like that, I don't think we gave them much of a game. And I think they, the second goal especially, after everything we did, it's, it's just defeating. They get that second goal, and I know for me in the stands, it was just that defeating moment because you just didn't see a way back for us. Yeah, and you know, you go from losing one game to your rival to three days later, losing another game to a rival, this time at home against Fresno. We lose 1-0. A, a very similar game where, you know, we have, we, we outshoot them, I think it was 14-7. We outshot Reno like 14-8. Regardless, it was about the same statistical breakdown we couldn't score they get one shot on goal they score two things really stuck out to me uh, being in the stands watching this game we were kind of flustered by their 3-4-3 and we don't usually see that type of formation from teams in the USL their wing backs got up and down and I'll tell you what they kept getting back and we could not exploit them on a counter-attack our wingers Werner he couldn't get around their their right back. Their left back was really strong too, and they really suffocated our offense. We, we had a lot of shots, but I don't think we had a lot of great chances. Well, and, and we like to play out of the back. We like to control the possession moving forward, and when they play that 3-5-2 that they were playing, that, that, that floods the midfield, and it kills your options in the midfield. 
and as a team that really, and it's why it affected us on the narrow pitch in Reno, and it's why it affected us when they played this defense against us here, is it floods that midfield and doesn't allow options from guys like Warner or even like Tainter and Sari moving the ball forward who have generally good pass accuracy kind of get logged down there a little bit in the midfield. So I think we saw that happen. In the first uh, half, Bonomo missed a golden opportunity. He's had a couple of these where it was a crossing ball inside the six. All he has to do is get any body part on it and it goes in the back then the keeper was beat at that point he's not able to i thought that was our best opportunity john we've talked about it bonomo has been consistently missing great and i mean great opportunities yeah I, and i'm getting to the point where i don't want to see him start anymore like he's shown he's really good he's shown he can create opportunities but he's also shown that he can't finish he can't finalize he i mean he got a brace which I was super happy with, and I hope maybe turn it, build his confidence, mm -hmm. put an uptick. But at this point, I'm saying just put in Blackwood, yeah, put him on the bench, maybe sub him if we need him, we or have, even pull him back. Yeah, we have yeah. talked about how he creates chances and he's there to hold the ball up, and he does things that you want a striker to do, but ultimately you want your striker to score freaking goals, and he's just not doing it consistently for us. And you know what? That's what it comes down to. It, it really does. When you look at any league around the world, whether we're talking about Republic in the USL or the San Jose Earthquakes in the MLS or Liverpool in the English Premier League, pretty much all the teams in the league are very close. I mean, there's not a big gap between the very best team and the very bottom. The difference usually is, is who puts the ball in the back of the net. I mean, it really comes down to that, you know? Well, yeah, and he was one of the players I think we were really excited about when we Absolutely. signed at the beginning of the season. He's got, you know, he's got size, he's got strength, he's got the physicality part down. But the goals are just not there. He was that hold-up player we were hoping to get, and then we were kind of hoping that Isley would be for us last season. Mm -hmm. And Isley didn't work out, and I think Bonomo came in and kind of took over that same mantle where, like, we needed you to come in and hold the ball up. When we get to Fontaine or when sorry, like we talked about before, pass mm -hmm. that ball up. We need you to hold it up and allow BJP, allow Warner, allow these guys to get into the game. And I just don't think he's doing enough. But ultimately it comes down to he's not scoring. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, I thought we had a good – control the game even though it was zero zero we expected a low scoring game fresno is a really good defensive team like our team they score a little bit more than we do but we usually when these two teams get together it's always like a one nil and yeah. I, that was the third one nil game played against both against these teams this year now for me uh other than bonomo's miss the other biggest point in the match was the double red card Dekel kainen gets a red card in retaliation uh, I believe it was Chavez on the uh, for Fresno who got their red card, a scuffle. Uh, it was hard to see the first one. We know that Republic has sent video to the league to fair, try and, and fair enough to try and get Kynan's card rescinded, which I guess we'll probably know in the, in the coming days. But regardless, at the moment, I was sitting there and I even told the people I was with, I think that really hurts us because they lost the striker and they play with three. We lost a center back. and One of our better center backs. Yeah, and it's like at that point, I think we had one sub left, but it's a different, it's harder, I, in my opinion, to replace one of your center backs with the players who are already on the field than to replace a striker. Because usually when you get a red card in a soccer match, you automatically take a striker off the field. You know, yeah. So it's like, it's not a tactical change that you make. You obviously are down a man. You have to adjust that way. But when you lose a center back, you have to make a change. And we saw Ray Sari drop in there. And, I mean, honestly, Ray Sari 
might be our best player, but he's not a center back. He you just know? doesn't do he's, it now. He's probably the smallest player we have other than Shannon Gomez on the pitch. He's replacing one of our bigger players, one of our stronger players. And there's a reason why center backs are center backs. And there's a reason why defensive mids are defensive mids. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been watching the replay, and it, I, I definitely think that was a harsh double red. I would definitely say a red goes to, to Fresno. He threw an elbow, and then it looked like he did some form of karate chop or something. <laughs> and, of course, Kynan's going to get in his face. I mean, someone tries to elbow you yeah. in the face, you're going to get in their face. That's Absolutely. A, well, a an appropriate reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, like, from the video that the Republic put out, you can see that the Fresno player does it with intent. He looks back, he sees where Kynan is, he throws and it. then he throws the he elbow. Throws it. So if anything, I think from the Republic's video, maybe you get him a couple more game banned from the, already from the red card. Yeah, for the in, too. For the intent of it, because I mean, I think the red card is for the elbow, but not for truly the intent. The ref goes back or the league goes back and sees the full intent of that. That's nasty. That's a bad challenge. But Kynan gets red carded too because he goes hand to face, and he's a player that's a veteran of this game. He's played in the USL. He's played in soccer for long enough to know you don't go hand to face no matter how upset you are. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you a red card. Anytime you go hand to face, that's a red card. Yeah. Kynan's out too for me. And, you know, to be fair, like, we're seeing it on a replay. The center ref had no idea what was going on because it was behind the play. I mean, you can't fault him, really. The assistant referee on that side of the field had the best view, and ultimately the center ref did consult with him and gave both reds. Now, he gave both guys a red card. So from a fan, I think that's fair because if you really don't know what happened but you know that there was a physical confrontation between two people, it's better to give two reds than just one team because then you're kind of guessing at that point and then one team is left at a major disadvantage. We'll, We'll see what happens. Well, and you know you get caught in retaliation. Yeah. Many times in the game of football or soccer here in the United States, you get caught on the retaliation. Someone does something to you, you get caught and you get red carded. Like I said, Kynan knows this. He's a guy that should have been able to keep his head a little bit better. I did originally say it was a yellow card in a post that was online, I think on Twitter or something. And since then I have reevaluated it because the, the film that Republic gives you cuts off a little bit early. If you watch about another 30 seconds, you see Kynan put his hand in the face. And that's the red card right there. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's no VAR in the USL. And, unfortunately, it probably just is going to be a red card. I don't see how how either one gets any games more or less. I just think it is what it is at this point. I think it's a vicious attack from Fresno. Now, do I think that they're going to go back and give them any retrospective? No. Yeah. Better not. I, I think. I think. I mean, even if they uphold the card for Kynan, like I think they need to. I mean, maybe they, they need to get, add they need more to games. Pay, they need to add more games. Maybe the they reset Kynan's card to like a yellow card or something, Which, just because of the veroc- the veracity of the first attack from yeah. the Fresno I mean, there's, player. There's two before before Kynan responds. Yeah. yeah. There's the elbow, and then there's the the karate chop or whatever that was. So maybe that we'll see. I, I we'll doubt see. USL does anything, but we'll see. Anyways, right after that. Right on cue, Fresno scores, and I think there's a little bit of lack of uh, communication there between our center backs, and you got to say, well, Kynan being out, probably... out of position. Yeah, one Gomez of their... doesn't do enough to cover. Exactly, and it's a, a, a shorter player of theirs, a winger comes in, sneaks inside, gets out of the only shot on target for Fresno, goes in. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't know if you guys saw, but at the end of the game, Fresno acted like they had just won the World Cup. They were players were on their backs, 
doing this. Their coach, Adam Smith, former Republic assistant coach, was just going nuts on the sideline. I mean, hey, well, it says something about your team when a team comes in and they're super happy that they beat you. Uh, so I guess I could take some solace. It did take Fresno <laughs> up to third. That's probably the highest they've ever been in their short term in the USL. And it was um, the first time they beat us this year. Yeah, and, and th they probably wanted a bit of a revenge for yeah. the, the last second equalizer from Bonomo. The, the last second winner from Bonomo. Excuse me, winner, yes. And the 1 0 win over there at the beginning. So of they, the they probably wanted yeah. a little bit of revenge. Well, we'll, we'll for sure. We'll, and give them that. well, credit to Fresno. We've always kind of given Stick as Beaners a little like knock off us, you know, Fresno South. We've, we've given them crap. But this Boxes. season, they're proving themselves to be a standalone <laughs> team, and they're doing <laughs> they're well. They're no bears. So. I think they can go, you know, they keep up the momentum they have. They can go pretty far right now. Yeah. Well, I think that, that'll wrap it up. I just think overall, from my perspective, as a, as a disappointing week as you can have, you lose to your, both your rivals, you don't score. Uh, our team had been scoring goals for fun, which is not something we've been able great. to say. It was amazing. We had three games in a row, and if you count the U.S. Open Cup and the two league games where we had scored three six and three or three three and six regardless we scored a bunch of goals in a small amount of time it was fun well, i don't think it's going to be the only time we're going to see that though like i said we're inconsistent we're a team that when we're on we're going to rip teams apart we're going to go out we're going to win three nil and we have the firepower to do so cool. but we're also a team that inconsistently will give up goals in the back line will miss sitter chances and ruin games i think you said it before we started filming the draws that we've earned this season are pretty much non-existent. And sometimes winning draw, or not winning, but getting a draw in a game is going to save you that point and put you further in position. And we're not doing that. The inconsistency, it's win big, lose big, win big, lose big, back and forth. Yeah, we have seven losses and two draws. Uh, but I think we'll wrap up this part. And then right after this, we'll come back with that preview of this Saturday's match against Timbers 2. All right, guys, so this Saturday at Papa Murphy's Park, we host Portland Timbers 2, otherwise known as T2. And they're a team that is having another good season, a team that is usually a playoff team in the West, one of the very few two teams that does well consistently in this league. So I guess I'll start off with John. They're sitting in fourth place. How, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your worry level of them coming in, knowing that we've already lost to them once this year, and they're sitting seven places higher, six places higher than us in the standings? Uh, you know, I'm actually, surprisingly, not super worried about it. Um, so less than a five? Less than a five. Maybe maybe a, a two or a three. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I see so them as... So you're feeling confident? Yeah, I'm actually feeling really confident for a couple reasons. One, they're a very similar team to us. Um, despite having more points than us, they've won the same amount of games. Yeah. With two game, we have two games in hand. Mm -hmm. They've drawn a bunch, um, and they've lost four. So they could be a lot better. But again, I, I see them as a very similar team. But what, the thing that puts me over the edges is, is the atmosphere that's going to be at the game. You know, the, the State, State Fair, Fair atmosture is always Usually one of my really favorite strong. times. It draws go. a bit extra fans. There's a few extra fans. They're a bit more rowdy. We're usually. wearing the city kits, though. Oh. Well. Casey's favorites. They're really trying to force that city kit on yeah. us, aren't they? Which I still I still think they need to make kits cheaper, but that's just because I'm poor. <laughs> um, 
Especially the really ugly ones that don't fit us in any way. I, I wouldn't wear Don't worry, ugly. it'll be on sale I'd wear, in six I'd wear months. the black ones and I'd wear the red ones. Anyway. <laughs> um, we diverged. Let's make a let's make a podcast about that. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. I think you know the fans are going to be rowdy. I think that's going to give us a little extra something extra. And I don't think timber the timbers are as I mean I'd, I'd say right now we're kind of about equal. So I think we're going to have a little bit of the upper hand in this. And I think we'll probably we'll probably take it. Probably one zero is what I'm going to guess. Dang, he's already thrown out a prediction. I, I haven't even got to talk to Casey sorry, yet. Sorry, sorry. All right, well, Jumping Casey, ahead. John says that we're similar. I, I see where I see what he's saying there, but one one or a couple points where we're not similar is goals for and goals against. They have 36 goals for. That's third in the West. We have 24 goals for. That's fourth worst in the West. But they have also given up 29 goals, which is fifth worst in the West, and we have given up 20, which is fourth best in the West. So, with that being said. What type of game are we going to? Can we expect? I, I think it's going to be a game where you're going to see goals. Both teams don't have the history of clean sheets. I mean, I think Timbers has only had two clean sheets, and we may have had the same amount. I don't think we've had a whole lot of them this season. Maybe more than them. I've had a, I think four, but it's, anyways, yes. both of us are very low on clean sheets. They're giving away about 1.6 goals a game. Like I said in the, the post match, we are an inconsistent team where one game we score three goals, the next game we don't score any. Well, Portland is a team that if we do get on a roll, we could definitely score some from. So I, you know, I'm, I'm with John. I think this could be a game that we should go back and get the bounce on. We should be able to get the win and put ourselves in the right position just because it's a team that the defensively isn't doing as well as some of the other teams we faced recently. Absolutely. Such as Reno, Fresno, etc. Absolutely. Now, one similarity that both teams have coming into this game, both teams are not playing well right now. Uh, both teams, you could say, are out of form. Timbers, they've gone three games in a row without a win. They've lost 2-1 at home against Reno. They lost 4-2 on the road to Phoenix. One win in their last five. Yep, and they drew Tulsa in their very last game. 1-1, a team we just beat 6-0. But on the flip side, we have lost our last two games. So is part of your confidence going into this Saturday's game because of their lack of form? Yeah, I mean, that, that is part of it. And that's also where I, where I drew some of the similarities is, you know, our, our struggles with form. Yeah. Um, we've won two out of our last five. They've won, right? Remember that, right? Yes. Two yeah. We were on a, on a win streak before having and, the two losses. And they've two only won losses. one. Mm-hmm. They've, they've won, drawn a couple more, but... We won three it, of our last five. Pardon me. Three. three of our last five. Um, but, I mean, it's... They're still very, very inconsistent. And out of the last five, only one win. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. So, you know... I know I talk a lot about confidence and stuff like that, but, you know, they're, they're not going to be as... We may be a little bit more demoralized, mm-hmm. but with our form, we know we can win. We're going to have, I think, that little extra kick in addition to everything else that's going to be at the park. I kind of want to follow up on that same thing that I asked John about their form. You know, it's fine that they lost to Reno because that's a good team. They lost to them at home in a very very well-contested game. They lost to Phoenix 4-2. Phoenix has been destroying everybody, yeah. but... They're on, like, what, six-game balance or something? something. Five-game balance? But they tied 1-1 against Tulsa in Portland. That game, oh, I think when they look back on their season, they're going to look at that and be like, how did that happen? Does that game in particular kind of make you, kind of give us, you, an even bigger boost of confidence going in? 
I, I would like to say yeah, but they're just as inconsistent as we're inconsistent. You know, um, a win here, a draw here, a loss here, it's, it's nothing that we can say for sure they're not going to come back and have a terrific game against sure. us. Now, we did talk about a little bit, they are a two-team, so players go up, players come down, they change their lineup a little bit, so they do have that to, to credit the inconsistency to on occasion. Mm -hmm. So maybe they get a little more credit in the fact that the inconsistency probably comes from the movement of players Definitely. and not having players all the time and like that, but... I still think we can win, but it's a, it's a game that you have to kind of throw your hands up at because any team on the day could probably win this one. And a uh, fun fact, when they tied Tulsa, they scored in the 98th minute. They got a penalty kick pretty much on the last attack of the game. So they were fortunate just to get a point in that game. But Big as, team bias. But as we, uh, as we talked about in the last segment, you know, the difference between the two teams here, yes, they score a little bit more, but they give up a little bit more, too. There's not a huge discrepancy in differential, but they're a team that's grinded out a lot more draws, whereas we're a team that hasn't been able to grind out some of those losses that turn them into draws. Um, going back to the last time we played Portland, I don't know if you guys remember earlier this season, we lost 2-1. to one. That was the game where famously we got two red cards in one game, Vizhev yeah. and Harris. Subs coming on. Vizhev and Har I think Harris got like the fastest double yellow I've ever seen a Republic player get. I think it was like 2 and 15 minutes or something. But We were at the watch party over at Costanza's, Costanza's. And it was kind of an upset because, I mean, the players just lost their cool in that one really is what it came down to. And you know what? We had... I think the better of possession for most of the game, but again, it was a game where we gave up a penalty kick and we got two red cards. Like, you're pretty much going to lose 99.9% of the games that that happens to your team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about T2 and the way that they're set up tactically. They normally play a 4-4-2, sometimes a 4-2-3-1, but they're a team that likes the other team to have a lot of the ball. They like to counterattack. They're very strong in a, a counterattack. They give up goals, as we've mentioned, but they score a lot of goals on the counterattack. I think we're kind of a counterattacking team when we're at our best as well. So, John, what are you seeing in terms of the styles? Both teams, I think, are very comfortable without the ball, but somebody obviously is going to have to have the ball at all times. So do you think we're going to be on the front foot holding a lot of possession and T2 kind of sit back and try and hit us on those counts? So, I mean, if we're, if we're playing them, maybe one of the things I'd like to say is, is continue to play possession ball, but keep your lines a little further back, not let them have the opportunity to, to, quick to go. do a, that quick counterattack, make them have to bring players forward, allowing our players to continue to get in position. So that's that's kind of what I'd like to see. Maybe I mean, continue just to play out from the back, continue to, to have the possession and also let them try to make the runs. Um, granted, they are a team that can score, and they've scored more than us this year. A lot. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But, you know, again, and maybe maybe I'm too confident in our guys, but we've also shown that we can have good D. So just play a lower defensive line, um, and heck, maybe even bring the midfielders back a little bit too, mm -hmm. so they can't do the counterattack. So they can, so we can close them down quickly and win back possession, and then work up to our goals. Casey, I want to ask you pretty much the same thing tactically. I mean, both teams are counterattacking style. Is that kind of? Do you see us, I guess, holding most of the possession and them, I guess, welcoming the pressure? Or do you see maybe our guys, I don't know, maybe Elliot goes in with the game plan and we're actually going to give them the ball, press them really high. 
I don't see Elliott changing his game plan at all. He has an all season. He's very got. Uh, he's very much got it set in his head. He's playing this four-two-three-one possession out the back, where we're going to try to press up high when we lose the ball um, and win it back, like you said, encounter on the high possession. So I don't think he changes tactics at all. I think we play the same thing, and I think we will see kind of a slugfest back and forth on the press. Because I think both teams are going to try to play the ball as soon as they turn it over. I think both teams are going to play a high possession or a high press on the possession when they're not in possession, I mean, sorry. So I, I think we're going to see kind of a, a counterbalance game where we see both teams trying similar tactics to it. Uh, but I think overall, if we do the game we play, we could get a result. But Portland is going to be very, very hard on the fact that they're going to play us high, they're going to play us strong, and they're going to play us hard. Yeah, Portland, most of their games they have in the 40s in possession, so they're usually like below 50. Um, the last couple games we've lost because we haven't scored goals, but we've created chances. We have 28 shots in the last two games and no goals scored. We've held possession. We've outshot our opponent 2-1. to one. That's so a big, that's a big I kind of agree with you where I think I think we'll have the lion's share of possession. I'd see a 60-40 kind of split. Um, and hopefully our guys will be able to create space. Because we know, though, that's kind of our team's problem is that the final third. And when teams kind of sit, I think that hurts us because we don't find the spaces like maybe some other teams can. And the chances created aren't so clear-cut. A lot of times the chances we create are straight at the keeper or they're off target, or you know, just not quality shots. So I think when they, when we have teams sit back on us, we don't quite find our rhythm as well as we do when teams do press. But we will see Portland play a little higher on the counterattack, so and we I, could get something out of it. And when teams press, and I don't 100% agree with you, because there's been a lot of times when the teams press where we just don't look like we have it together. We look yeah. like we can't that's even, even put a sequence together. That's that inconsistency. And, and that's... I'm not 100% sold. I mean, I gave my tactical suggestions, obviously, but I'm still not 100% sold on that. I think that will get us the best result. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, th I think it was Reno. They When they were pressing high, we couldn't do a dang thing. Yeah. Well, we, we couldn't even get it out of our own hat. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm not sold on, on, on... Playing out of the back on that narrow pitch, though, does make it harder. So our tactics on true. that game alone... We're kind of it's just ugly under soccer, the gun. Man. Yeah, we're under the gun from the start. It's so ugly. I see your point, and I, I agree on your point on the fact that we didn't play well in that game. But I think if you spread the pitch out and you give us the room to play out the back, they don't hold us in as quite as much as they did. One thing we do know about Timbers too is that, like you mentioned, they have a lot of different players that come in and out. Their MLS team uses their academy, which I really like. Like I, I really respect that. They pull players up all the time. Now, with that being said, there's a few players to watch out for, but we don't know if they're going to be on the roster this coming Saturday. Um, Dyron Aspria, he has six goals and six matches played for T2, but he has been recently not just playing, but starting for their MLS side. So I doubt he'll be available for T2, considering he's been on their their start or their uh, 18. Do we know who Portland plays this, this weekend? In I, I don't, but he just played on Saturday against NYCFC on the road. So I, I don't know. We'll see, I guess, right? Six um, appearances, six goals for him. So, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that definitely... Eric Williamson is another player who has a center midfielder, three goals, but he has seven assists. But he recently has been playing, too. He just got his first MLS start of the season about a week and a half ago. I don't know if he'll be available. Fun fact also, Eric Williamson, cousin of Queen Latifah. 
Nice. Fun fact, you can tell your friends. Some rap royalty. <laughs> yeah, you only get that kind of Facts. stuff here at the Old Glory Red Report, by the way. You only get those takes here. Hot take. <laughs> um, Foster Langsdorf is a starter. I think we're pretty confident that he's going to be one of their two strikers. He's started most games for them. He's got four goals, two assists. Uh, Hurtado is a winger who's got five goals for them. So I think Hurtado and Langsdorf are going to be their two main goal-scoring threats. Wharton is the man to look for in the middle. He's the one that has their most chances created on the season. But other than that, I'm not sure who to expect from their keeper, their back line. So I guess we'll see. But I guess we can talk a little bit about what we do know or what we can expect from our guys. Casey, I'll start with you. Who starts up top on Saturday night? I would like to see Iwasa up top. Um, we talked about Bonomo just not doing enough for us. Now, Elliot has been very keen on Bonomo, and like I said before, I just think Elliot's been very stubborn in his ways. I don't agree with that necessarily, but he has not wanted to change his tactics, and he is stuck behind players that haven't played well. And Bonomo is one of those players. We said it a few games back when we made predictions that we didn't want to see Bonomo start, but yet we still saw him start. And he's not performing, but I, I, I would like to see Iwasa, but I hate to say Bonham will probably get the start again. John, I'll ask you the same thing. Who starts up top Saturday night? I mean, I pretty much completely agree with Casey, but just to be different, I'm going to say Tyler Blackwood gets the start. Blackwood? Oh, that's a name we so, haven't heard in a little while. Just, well, they've, they've kind of had like a little social, social media thing with him doing the bottle cap challenge. Making sure he's still fresh on people's minds, so so maybe he gets to start over over Bonomo. And I and is he coming back from injury? He did have a bit of a. I think he had a uh, rib, a rib injury. thing. Yeah. yeah. He so, hasn't been. I don't think he was on the eleven. He hasn't been. He on wasn't the 11 on the eleven, 11 like against games. Reno for sure. Fresno, I'm a little fuzzy on that. I'll have to check, but it, he's been, been about, out. It's been about four or five games. So maybe we see him come back, come out. Maybe he scores the winner. You know what? I think that if Blackwood is available to play and fit to play, I agree with you. I think he's going to be in the starting eleven. Blackwood was a was on the substitute bench. He didn't get in versus Fresno, but did not. So make that's a good it. sign that he's back to fitness. And with a week and a half now, he should be ready to go. I agree with you, John. Um, I think that if you're Elliot and you don't put a Wassa, I don't think you roll out Bonomo. I mean, either it's either a Wassa or Blackwood to start for me, and I think that's what Elliot will do. I mean, look, Blackwood hasn't really gotten a chance to play striker. He got a chance to play winger. He really hasn't had the best season. I don't think he scored. No, he has one goal, that meaningless goal against Vegas. Not meaningless for him, but meaningless in the grand scheme, scheme of, of that game. Uh, but, yeah, I think the fans all... I, I mean, it's nothing personal, but I don't think the fans want to see Bonomo on that starting 11 come Saturday night. I know Elliot's been super stubborn about playing Awasa as a 10, but he's not a 10. I still think Awasa's our best option at striker, but I think Elliot probably plays Blackwood. Uh, so with that being said, Casey, let's talk about our two wingers. You know, Werner's kind of seen maybe a little bit of dip in form. I don't know if maybe the pitch got to him in Reno. Uh, Fresno, I think he had... The toughest matchup on the field because Ellis Hayden is probably the best right back in the USL, and he really just shut down Warner. Do we see Warner rolling back out there, or does he get a rest? No, absolutely. We see Warner. Um, Warner's been one of our best players of the season. I know we just had that poll on the Republic where they gave it to McCrary, which I was surprised. For the month? 
yeah. for the player of the yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, and I was surprised. Um, good for McCrary for winning that, but Warner's been our, our most fantastic player in the sense that I think he's dragged this team through a few games yeah. to get to victories. Uh, even when we're not winning, I think he's a player that drags us along and at least gives us some hope. So I see Warner and BJ starting as our wingers, honestly. What about you as in terms of on the wings? You know, I, I don't, again, I don't necessarily disagree with, with Casey. Um, we may see Horde. He, he started against uh, Fresno, I believe. He played about 80 minutes, if I'm recalling correctly. Possible. Um, so we might see Horde. We might see, um, I would prefer to see, see Bijev um, in the middle. We might see him as a winger. I don't know. I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah. Horde started was out in the 70th minute. Yeah. Uh, 70th? Okay. Yeah, Bijev came on for Horde. Yeah. I and, kind of agree. Well, go ahead, finish. Um, and we also, uh, you know, if if we start uh, Bonomo, we also might see Blackwood on the wing. That's true. Uh, coaches like to start him as a winger. So. Right. Yeah, and I kind of agree. I, I think um, we'll see Bijev and Warner. Uh, I would be surprised if Ford is out there. I thought against Fresno, not that he had the worst game, but he's just not the attacking presence that no. a team like our like our team. We can't afford to not put our best attacking players on the field because we don't score enough goals. So if you have a guy like Horde, who's a very good player and should be a defender, should be. if you have him as a winger, you're really lacking in the attack from that side of the field. So I think we'll see Bijev, Warner, Blackwood combination, probably one, two of those three. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe you throw Alleman's name in there. Um, he did come back in against Fresno a little bit. And I think he's a guy that Elliot does like, too. So and You know what, man? I still think that we're at a juncture in the season where we may not know the best 11, or yeah. no. players are still shuffling in and out. Like, Bijev played well, but then the last couple of games, he was on the bench for one, and then against Reno, he was pretty quiet. So we'll see what happens there in the middle. I expect Sari uh, to play every single game. I would expect Sari. is our best player. Skundrich has not played recently, and I wonder if that means we'll see him back or if we'll see Villarreal. Partain got the start last game. What do you guys think in terms of the other player next to Sari? I think we see Villarreal. I mean, he's been... I know I know Casey wasn't sold on him earlier. I'm still not sold on him. But I think he's been probably the best, best option we've had. I think that he's had some pretty dang good games. He had some good games, and then that Reno game, that, that was a critical error that he made. Well, We've seen our center mids have some, like, Skundrich had that critical error against the Earthquakes. Villarreal, the critical error against Reno, so. I, I feel like Villarreal, and like I said, I, I gave him shit early on, and he did perform better than I thought, but I still think he's a player like Bonomo that does enough that he stays in our thoughts like, okay, yeah, 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 he's good, he's good, but he doesn't do well enough in the positions that he gets put in to make him a starter in those positions. Uh, you know, Bonomo does well in the position he's done, but he, he's a striker. He needs to score. Villarreal does well, but when he's playing in that defensive midfield position beside Sari, and he's that, he needs to do a better job playing that position for me. His passing going forward is great for us at times, but his defense also lacks at times. And he's either a guy that has a really good game or can be completely awful. So for me, he's, he's, that, he's the epitome of the inconsistency in this team. So who do you see playing next to Sari? I think you're going to see a guy like, uh, I would like to see Partain back in there, but I honestly would like to see Skundris come back in, because I think he offers the most in defense and going forward for us in that He position. has the energy. Okay, so um, outside backs, 
Do any of you disagree that it'll probably be McCrary and Gomez? Or no, I think no. we can all agree Barahona on that. Barahona maybe, maybe gets a start. I don't think he'd be outside, though. He's not done enough since he's came back to take someone's position yet. Okay. Now, unless he does something in training that we don't see to take someone's position, from what we've seen of him, he doesn't Which, take anyone's position. And, and I, I've mentioned this before. I don't think we signed him you know, into the season for a reason. Like, we didn't sign an international player to sit the bench. To sit on the bench. And especially after the season had already started is when we signed him. So he's going to... Yeah, I mean... He's going to start getting starts. Um, he, and, he didn't and, and even make the bench recently. So. Well, he played He played um, against uh, what the last Tulsa. He got, like, the last 15 minutes. Yeah, right? that's the time He also played him. against Reno. He went in against Reno. Yeah, that could be. I, I, but I recall of Reno. But, but still, he's got 15, 20 minutes in two games. And, so. But I, I strongly suspect we are going to see him start soon. Okay. Yeah. What about uh, in the center of the defense? Obviously, Kynan is probably not playing because of that red card. Don't see it getting rescinded. It's not going to get rescinded, at least in time. For are this. we going to see a Horace Tainer yeah. back line, or are we going to see Mahoney sneak in? I think it's Horace Tainer for me. Um I think we did play Mahoney the other day, though, he right? He did. Um, Him and Kynan started. And honestly... We had, like, I think five or six different starters against Fresno. Honestly, for me, the, the con- inconsistency might be the switching up in the back line like he is. Uh, Elliot, again, just needs to maybe figure out his best and play him to get us a little bit of confidence in that back line because we do see inconsistencies. When you bring other guys in, you take guys out. Now, this time, Kynan's out because of a red card, so what are you going to say? But... I, I honestly think Harris Tainter are our better center back guarding in this All situation. right. Prediction time, fellas. John, did you give out a score? I yeah, I did. I, I did. Uh, one nothing Republic. one nil Republic. All right. And who gets the goal? Whoever our striker is. What uh, if it's Bonomo? <laughs> nah. If it's Bonomo, I will give Bonomo the benefit of the doubt. All right. He's due for another one. Casey? I'm going to go 2-1 for us. Uh... 2-1's a popular score between these two teams. Last year, we beat them at home 2-1. Well, it's teams, Lost to them 2-1 this this year. It's teams that put goals in and don't defend necessarily the best at times. Yes. So I don't see either team holding a clean sheet in this one. 2-1 us. I do see Iwasa probably getting a goal just because he's our best goal scorer. And he's had a couple poor games here in the last couple. So I see him getting back on the bounce. I would like to see Warner get a goal, too, just like you said. He hasn't had the best performance. We need Bijev to get a goal. Bijev would also be a good one, but I'm going to go with Iwasa Warner on the 2-1. So. Uh, I think I said we lost 2-1. We actually lost 1-0 to them this year, so sorry for that mistake. But my prediction you. is... How dare you? Man, I hate going last because <laughs> you guys take all the good scores, but um, I think we... Just agree with me. I'm right. I think we do get a win just because I like the bounce-back home game. I think being at home in front of a big crowd... Uh, Timbers 2 is a team that's not used to playing in front of a ton of fans. They have a pretty decent showing for it being a two-side. They usually get about 16, 1,700 people there each match, which is hard to do when you have an MLS team in your city. So uh, I think we win this game 2-0. Uh, I like Awasa. I like Awasa get two goals. You know, I think, that, I think that he is probably really upset with how last week went, especially in Reno. Missing that PK, missing that sitter that he skied over the goal in the first half. Um, I think we're going to see our captain, our franchise-leading goal scorer, strike back. 2-0. I'd love to see that. 2-0 Republic. 
yeah, so I guess we'll move on, talk about the other stuff going on in the world. All right, so we just saw the women win the World Cup, the U.S. Women's National Team. They bring home their fourth World Cup. Congrats Casey, what is your initial thoughts from watching them bring it home? Uh, a good game from the women. I think the Netherlands didn't show up. I, I don't think it was as good as a game as we like to see from the Netherlands. As fact, as putting pressure on the U.S., it was a pretty comfortable win for the U.S. in my opinion. Uh, it's unfortunate it did have penalties involved and things of that nature, which is going to always give people room to talk, if you would. But a great win from the women. I think they earned this tournament. They earned everything they got in this tournament. And for everyone that's giving them shit about their celebrations and the way that they want it, all just shut up right now. They deserve to have as much fun yeah. with it and celebrate all they want. Let them twerk and drink and have fun and celebrate any way they want. They deserve it. John, your thoughts? Win. My thoughts, you know, especially in the final, I don't, I don't think that I thought the Netherlands did really well in the first half. And then obviously we just dominated in the second half. But I agree with Casey, like, I, I think, especially for the people in the U.S., we need to cement our status. We are the best women's team in the entire world. We own everybody. And until someone is able to show our women that they are not as good, we can do as we please. We can sip tea. We can do the, the pose. Uh, we can, you know... I, I loved watching their their after their, their celebrations afterwards. Uh, it shows how good they are. It shows how passionate they are. I, I mean, I would even contest that they're more passionate than our men. Um, they are so happy and love and are. They work so hard for what they got. Yeah, they they deserve everything. Yeah, women's soccer here in the United States has always been elite. It continues to be fourth World Cup. In my opinion, it's the most impressive one, just because of how. The women's game has developed around the world. Yeah. You know, the 91 team, the 99 team, uh, the 2015 team, those are very good teams in their own right. And, in fact, I'll probably credit the 99 team with progressing the women's game to where it is today. Brandy Chastain, famous pose after winning the World Cup. But 2019, the women's game, man, like, you know, I was talking a lot with friends watching those games. It's like, the women used to be very tactically good and like defensively organized, but now they're like they got skills, they got tricks and flicks and all the they you know they got the sauce now, you know, you can see it and it's not just the US, but most of the US, but the Brazilian team, the English ladies, the French team. Big credit to the English team. I think they had a good tournament. And the French team too. I thought that the US beat the two best teams. Other, they definitely did. You know, beating England. That England-U.S. game was really good. The France-U.S. game was really good. A um, lot of uh, VAR nonsense in this tournament, though. Yeah. I mean, but I will say that, you know, um, it seems like a lot of people have a lot to complain about, whether it was uh, Rapino or whether it was the celebrations or whether it was 13 goals against Thailand. Uh, whether it was dropping the flag after the game, like, you know, or drinking, like you said, give it up, man. Like, they won, they dominated, they worked their asses off their entire lives, they got here, everybody said, well, you better win, and they said, okay, we'll do yeah. that, and they and, did it. And they did it in style. Especially they, they, I mean, I, I will never, I mean, we dominated Thailand. I will not apologize for that. 
we need, I mean, especially here in the United States, like, because people, there's, you know, they, the unequal pay, I mean, they need to, they're, I mean, they don't need to. They are proving why they're, they are deserving of it. Yeah. They can dominate these other teams. Um, with dropping the American flag, I, I just want to address that really quick because I saw a bunch of people posting about how disrespectful it. I watched that video like three times. It doesn't seem like she's being disrespectful. It seems like she's just moving on, and then someone comes and takes it away. It's just one of those it, things where people are just going to nitpick at everything. And you're going to yeah. read into everything, especially in the political climate we're in today. Everyone has their opinion on every little move. Someone not kneeling for something, not singing something, not doing something. So. Yeah. And this this team is probably the most American team you can get. From I agree. Protesting yeah, 100%. against Trump from... I'm, I, and I don't know to being, about to all being the girls. brash, to being, being bold. Brash, that's very bold. American, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, being the best, taking it to the English, and t- yes, very, the most American thing you can being, do. Being very brazen in how they carry themselves, like that. You know, we like that, but you know, the people who have like an agenda or don't like, didn't want the team to do well going in, they found a reason to pretty much criti- critique everything like we mentioned scoring too many scoring not enough celebrating when they scored yeah. all that well and if you're someone that's criticizing the women's game i know that i saw a lot of online too that people i'm, I'm not going to support the u.s women's team because of the way they're protesting and the things they're saying look it's just as un-american not to support your team because of the things that they're saying we're a country that has freedom the right to say and do as we please so you support them no matter what and leave your political agenda out of it just like you think that they should leave their political agenda out of it it's a game and no matter what the players say no matter what people do on the field they won don't take that away from well it is kind of ironic to say i don't support this un-american team while actively rooting for the team to beat the American team. Yeah. I find that irony pretty My whole pretty point, good. though, is you support what happens on the field. Regardless mm-hmm. if you support the players and what they're saying and what they're doing, this is our national team, and you support the players in the field. Yeah, so let's move on to the uh, other U.S. national team, the not-so-impressive one. Although they had a good tournament, the U.S. men fall to Mexico. Uh, 1-0. I thought it was a really good game. I mean, the U.S. came out strong in that first yeah. half. They... Yeah. And for me, my takeaway is you can't miss two or three big chances and think you're going to win, especially against, especially against Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Not in a final two. And, and you also saw, I mean, we've got a lot of really young players starting. Uh, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds uh, starting the game. And they, the future is bright. Yeah, we lost. I was really bummed that we lost, especially. We saw know, a good game. Especially yeah. in the in the final, I mean not the closing minutes, but what last fifteen minutes I think is when Mexico scored. Yeah, and, Mexico, and it was a great goal. You got to give them credit. It was a really good goal. I mean, they played well. They played tactically. They they moved the ball well. Shot was on target. We missed several really good chances, especially in the first half. Yeah. But I mean, you watch some of the players, especially you know, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, he played phenomenally um, despite the loss. He showed his he was skill. The young he showed why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and that that bodes well for the future of the U.S. team. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I I was disappointed in the loss. I'm not as disappointed with a one nothing. 
yeah, loss I mean, as, as other losses. A lot of the Mexican fans that I know uh, were talking about how this Mexican's B team and all that, and I, I kind of call BS on that because you're in the same development process, and this is the team that you're trying to develop, and you won this tournament on a good team. So calling it your B team I think is a little downgrading just because a couple players weren't there. I think you still have a very good team in Mexico, and it was a very good game for both teams, and it was a developing process for both teams. And in the Concacaf, this is what we expected to see in the tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there was Jamaica, there was Canada, who both did pretty well Haiti. in this tournament. Haiti's that did well, but ultimately, in this in this region, it comes down to these. Yeah, two Mexico teams. is missing three or four probable starters, but so was the U.S. too. John Brooks, DeAndre Yedlin yeah. immediately yeah. come to mind. Well, uh, a couple of our younger players are going to be. On the team, so I, I did see a lot of Mexican fans being like, "This is our team B team," and like, "Come on!" Take but that Mexico off the still right had now. their best striker, Jimenez. I mean, he scored. Um, I think he he won Player of the Tournament, so he scored a bunch of goals for them, and obviously had the key assist in the final. But yeah, it was a good game, man. My only other complaint on this game is I do think Mexico should have been out of ten men early on in the game. I don't remember what Mexican player it was. Does go full on arm or hand around neck on the U.S. player. And to me, that's a red card ejection immediately no matter what time of the game it comes in, no matter what happens. There's no VAR in this tournament, but if there's VAR, Mexico's down to ten men. Early I did on. like the the tenacity of the game. It felt like a very U.S.-Mexico atmosphere. It did. It you was know? a good game. I, th I was a little hesitant, like, what kind of game are we going to see? But you could tell that the 22 players on the field really played like it meant something to them, which I thought was nice. Did you guys catch the Copa America at all? Brazil? I did. Yeah, Brazil with their 2-0 two, two win. What did you think of that? Uh, you know, Brazil's a team that, again, we talked about. They had some issues in previous World Cups. They've had some bad losses in recent yeah. history. But this is a team now that's starting to bring in new players, getting rid of the old guard, just like USA, just like Mexico. They're going to start coming back, and they're a, they're a, a definitely a good team. And I think coming up in the next World Cup and, and further competitions, they're going to be a team that are going to have to be worried about. Did you see that guy on their team named Everton? Yeah. You know that he's named, named after, after the Named after Everton, yeah. yeah. Named after... So Everton should get on signing Everton because he's named after Everton, yeah. and that's just so meta it would be awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty funny because I, I actually looked that up. I was like, his name is Everton? Like... Let me look this up. And, he yeah, he was born the year that Everton won the FA Cup in 96. And he had a terrific tournament, was. too. Everton had a really good tournament as well as Brazil, but Everton himself. He plays for Grêmio right now in Brazil, so he's a player looking to make a big move, you know, early 20s. I think he's like 23 years old, but he's probably the best player in Brazil right now. Uh, next, they, they say. Uh, so we could see him making a big move. Maybe to Everton, maybe to Liverpool. Who knows? You know, Wouldn't that be something? I think Brazil looked better without Neymar in the team, honestly. I think without him in the team, you saw a more fluid team, a more, more congealed team. team. I think Neymar, and I've had this opinion of him in a long time, that he disturbs locker rooms and he disturbs lineups because teams try to fit him and play around him. When you take him out of the equation and you allow those other players to play freely, I think they were a much better team. And for me, being Neymar out of this tournament is what won Brazil this tournament. I agree. I, I think that goes for a lot of the big players, including Messi, who played for Argentina. And he Which had, is another big talking point. Yeah, no, I know. but He wasn't happy about the officiating. <laughs> no, he was but, not. I mean, I think you have these, these heat players who are, are labeled as you know best in the world or whatever, and I think that detracts from the national teams. Yeah. Sometimes on that level, it's hard to have a keystone player in there like a Messi, like a Neymar, because you feel like you have to build a team around him. 
and that's not necessarily the best way sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I thought they played better collectively without Neymar because, like you said, when you have him on the field, he's kind of like, well, we got to give him the ball, and like you know, he demands a lot of things. But I think they're able to play more relaxed game. Uh, Gabriel Zazuj, I mean, Firmino, Everton, I mean, they all played very well together. What would you think about Jesus' second yellow card? I, I think he's he's dumb for that, honestly. The, the ref is looking at you to retaliate at that moment. So anything you do is going to get taken yeah. in the retaliation mindset. He's Even on a if, yellow. He's got to know. I mean, honestly, the challenge maybe is not normally going to be a yellow card but when the left's looking for that retaliation he's a lucky he's boy give it to you. he's a lucky boy that they won yeah they held on absolutely. because if they would have gone an extra time or lose that game he, he was, would have been the scapegoat. he was crying down the tunnel yeah he was sitting down the tunnel crying because he knew he made a big mistake by getting sent you off. guys want to add anything else no all right well um last thing i want to say is today's the three-year anniversary of the Euro Cup final, Portugal beating <laughs> France. Saint Adair Day is what we call it. Man, what a beautiful game that was. When Ronaldo went out of that game, everybody thought, I know I did, I know you guys probably did, like, there's no chance of this team. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, this Portuguese team was going to win without Ronaldo getting subbed off in like the 20th minute. But hey, they go to extra time, they get the win. Biggest win in Portugal history. So. We'll wrap it up with that. We want to know your thoughts and your opinions on this Saturday's game. Give us your thoughts and opinions on the two crappy losses that we all witnessed. Uh, talk to us about the Women's World Cup and the other international events that we just discussed. Yeah, we are approaching mid-season. Um, we so, got to do a so, mid-season so, uh, so award. pay attention the next couple weeks. We will put out the polls on Twitter and Facebook and all that for the mid-season awards. We'll do that video coming up, so stay tuned for that. So Saturday's our 17th game. I believe we play 34, if I'm correct. It's Maybe 30. 36. I think it's 34, but Man, I could I, be wrong. But we are, like you said, I think this Saturday is the midway, the we're official midway point. We're getting pretty close to the midpoint. So yeah. like Casey said, keep on the lookout for that. Thanks for joining us. I guess we'll see you guys next time.